0: I'm Laura Harper-Lake. And I'm Sarah Reitzman, and you're You're listening listening to Creative Creative Guts.
1: Guts. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Creative Guts.
0: On today's episode, we're talking with Oscar Velasquez, the Executive Creative Director for First Gen Multimedia and host of radio shows, First Gen American. Asking for a Friend, and Latinos on Vivo, a show hosted completely in Spanish, and I don't know if I pronounced it correctly. We found Oscar after he was nominated for, I believe, two awards at Stay Work Play's Rising Stars Award, so congrats to Oscar. Needless to say, this is not Oscar's first time behind the microphone.
1: Let's dig right into this episode of Creative Guts with Oscar Velasquez. (laughs) Oscar, thanks so much for joining us on Creative
0: Guide.
2: Super excited to be here. Thank you so much, ladies.
0: We are super excited to chat with you. So Mm -hmm. let's get started with like an easy question. Just tell our listeners a little bit about First Gen Multimedia.
2: Sure. First Gen Multimedia is a family owned business that focuses on the BIPOC community and highlighting entrepreneurs and artists from all walks of life battling that swinging pendulum between the countries that they're left behind and the countries that they're born into but not fully accepted in. And by saying that, we have a lot of individuals within our communities, even the country, that want to do something amazing but don't have individuals that look like them that w- that are already a couple of steps ahead. So when you, when you look at those approaches or those individuals that are kind of a, uh, afraid to approach another individual that doesn't look like them, we've already kind of combated that. We, you know, from my trials and tribulations my my successes my failures i rinse and repeat exactly what i've done and try to educate and try to inspire other individuals like me from my community to say hey don't be afraid approach ask the questions there's no such thing as stupid questions and if you fail you're already winning yeah because you're already trying and let's go ahead and do something
0: On your website, I noticed you don't really like self-identify as the founder, but am I Mm. right that first-gen multimedia is like your baby?
2: Yeah, you know, I I don't like to say that I'm the founder. I'm... I am Oscar Velasquez, the founder of First Gen, <laughs> because it's not about us. It's not about me. It's about us. So it's yes, I'm the founder, but the company doesn't belong to me. Yeah. The company belongs to every single first generation American or first gen period that wants to be able to do something. And like it's a part of us. Essentially, my goal is to one day walk away as the founder and then. Put pass somebody it pass it on and put somebody else on my seat to be able to be like, hey, this was created inspired by us. Yeah take over every 10 years life fashion art inspiration media changes right yeah and i know that one day i'm not gonna be the guy that when i was younger and you know that guy you know so (laughs) i don't want to i don't want to sound like that guy you know so i want to leave that legacy to keep moving forward and that trajectory of everyday topics that are happening now so
1: yeah i think that's how it stays vibrant and right. Fresh, and yeah. I was going to have new life coming into Abs- it. Absolutely, yep. and you mentioned it was like a family business. Right. So, who are your cohorts in creating this? Like, how
2: was it kind of born? So, the whole aspect of this, right, was you know to be able, if family meaning it's me and my wife, right? She's not a first gen; she's a fifth generation, fourth or fifth generation, right? Uh, Irish, Irish and Italian. And as much as I say, hey, first gen Americans, we need wonderful allies like your, like you individuals, like my wife. You know, we need other community allies to be like wow that's amazing i also want to learn more because from that with the climate that we're in in society we combat a lot of this whole kind of narrative through ignorance you Mm -hmm. know and by saying that it's just like if it's not broke don't fix it we don't if we don't know it doesn't really concern us because it doesn't affect us so see ya and if you're battling within it and within your community then you probably have a problem within your community Mm -hmm. so you need to fix it so now what we're saying is we're saying okay maybe Maybe we do have a problem within our community and maybe we need to address it. And saying that, I say that if we have a problem within our community, we need to hold each other accountable. As much as I'm a first generation and I'm an advocate for a lot of migrants and the sacrifices of my parents coming to this country. And for the longest time, when we have these conversations within coworkers, within classmates, within colleagues from all walks of life, we say to each other, hey, um, so your parents, they came came in with two dollars right in their pocket so where did you come from all oh, dominican republic yeah well i come from a, and then the story seems repetitive but the journey is not the same mm, yeah. the struggle is not the same right so from there going back to full circle because i like to go <laughs> the foundation is set for the first generation that's where the company the multimedia and the, and the whole aspects of all walks of life come from
1: that's really cool. When did you begin this?
2: So actually I was looking into like you guys are three years in, uh-huh. right? So I started at the end of, you guys want to hear the story? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, oh, I so, love this. So um, I was with a, a coworker and we were on break. And I was kind of in between this was like I walked away from a business, you know, as people see like, wow, he's doing an amazing thing. Like as much as I started and I succeeded, I failed. And Mm -hmm. I can say that humbly. Right. So I walked away from a business. It was a hair studio. I'm not a barber. I'm not a hairstylist. But as in for like connecting with individuals and like the passion of of other artists. I love to kind of highlight that, right? That's my goal in the back end, like operations, marketing, Mm. that aspect, right? So I walked away from that and I went back into the workforce. From there, I was in a company that really didn't have a lot of Hispanics or Latinos. And so what do we tend to do as Hispanics and Latinos or other community leaders? If we see somebody, it's like, Is like water in a desert hey man what's your name (laughs) right it's like hey what's your name oh um, my name is juan oh juan that's awesome man so we get to know each other and then we it's kind of like a a long time family friend Mm -hmm. that you've never met but you're excited to see yeah and wherever you are right i connected with him and we started opening up and we talked about the journey like he was in the military that was my first episode you can listen to it on shameless plug on soundcloud it's first episode of first gen american that was before the radio that was before it was even considered to be a podcast. It was just an idea and I wanted to record it and I edited, right? So he talked to me a little bit about, you know, his experience on how he came, like his parents are Dominican, but they fled to Puerto Rico. So right before he was born, he was an American citizen. And now they were able to come in through the Reagan and Amistad treaty that they had. And he was able to become a citizen. So from there, he talks about his journey and we were just in break. And I was just like, man, this is fascinating they're like, yeah, I've heard stories about Fresh Gen, but not as passionately about as you talk about it, you know, and like for some reason, other individuals that are from my community or maybe that are first gen, we've taken that and kind of ashamed about it because we don't have history within our country. Mm-hmm. So when you look at individuals, especially in New Hampshire, and I'm from Nashua. So when you look at half of Main Street, these are fifth, sixth generations of immigrants, mm-hmm. of, of, of yeah. business owned, family owned businesses. But the essence of it is that they forgot their great, great grand grandparents' story as first gen. So my job is to go in and highlight that like, great, you're a fifth generation. Well, I'm going through the same struggles as your great, great grandparents for you to be able to have this foundation of like a hundred year old century year old business, whether it's a coffee shop, whether it's a jewelry store, whether it's a bakery, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So that's what inspired me to the story, because I'm like, if we're ashamed to talk about these stories now, how are we going to change the future? How are we going to change the trajectory on how we are going to inspire the next generation if we don't talk about these issues one common issue is mental health we don't talk about the trauma that our parents bring coming to this country yes we hear about the two dollars in the pocket didn't know a lick of english and i was able to scrape by and find our jobs here and there right but with that what my parents didn't say is i felt so alone right i felt disconnected i felt like is this even possible without me even communicating with somebody to get into that position, right? Can I even get a better job not knowing the language? Can I even be brave enough to go back to school, right? Those are some traumas, like, and for us, offloading those traumas to us, saying, like, projecting, like, saying, hey, I made it, I sacrificed, now we're here. Now you need to bring the family into the next level by becoming a doctor. Okay.
1: No pressure.
2: No pressure. Becoming a doctor, becoming a lawyer. It all becoming, hinges on you. Yeah. And and remember, remember, as soon as you get the money, all your problems are gonna go away. Right. All your problems are gonna go away. Make the money, make at least six figures, become somebody. What they don't talk about is mental health, the pressure that it is with coming to this country and that expectation of like how do i look my parents in the face and say i don't want to be a doctor Mm -hmm. i don't want to be a lawyer i want to inspire to become a handyman or own a business like my father you know it's tough because that creative part of like what you inspire to be or what you want to do gets minimized you know like Mm -hmm. wait a minute you're an artist
1: you're gonna be able to pay your bills no you can't that's not sustainable
2: no way so from talking to his name is juan Juan juancho talking to juancho and understanding Understanding that I looked at him in a different light now you're not just a colleague a lot of people really understand the struggle but they don't really empathize with one another it's like a competition it's like an automatic competition of becoming better oh you're you're going through the same thing tough luck man battle battle through it like no but man i feel alone i feel scared i feel defeated and wait hold on and i have to start a family because my parents are saying well you're you're in your 30s now it's time to it's time to have a family it's time
1: grandkids yeah where are those grandkids wait
2: wait so you want me to suppress everything aside i haven't become what you wanted me to become yet i'm not financially in the stability where i need to be but you want me to start a family yeah no it's a lot to unload but i think it's important and through my transparency and through i I guess a lot of people say man you leave everything out there i think it's necessary i think through my transparency it makes me brave it makes me brave braver right if you will it makes me brave enough to be able to say I'm not scared anymore you shouldn't be either because you're not alone Mm -hmm.
1: right
2: those those are the stories
1: and talk about guts yeah you know right (laughs) Right. like that's some heavy stuff right well and I really like
0: like radio or podcasts like spoken words specifically Mm. as a, a medium for what you're doing because like it was thinking about this while you were talking that like humans historically i was thinking the same right? thing before yes. we wrote down history yeah our like history was passed tradition. and right. so now like we have this like y- you're recording it and it's like it's you know way, yeah right? exactly exactly in a like a medium that people yep. will be able to listen to for a long time
2: i was i was also thinking about like the future right yeah like I, I just had um, identical twin daughters. They're a month old.
1: Oh my Congratulations. gosh! Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So
0: um,
2: gosh, you must
1: be busy. Holy cow! I can't believe tired. you're here. I'm on, uh, I'm on two
2: expressos right now. So, <laughs> um, um, no, I'm, I'm. I'm. I think about them. Yeah. I think about like I look at my parents, and my mom has this back to the guts, right? Yeah. That grit, and like that, just that wall of emotion of like I can't show you that I'm afraid. Mm. But I wish my mom or my dad would have been like I'm I'm afraid. Yeah. I don't really know what I'm doing, but we can learn together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of having that mentality of like like it's just it's just a lot of pressure, you know, yep. so for, like in the future when my daughters hear this interview, you know, later on in, in, in life, I want to be able to say I want them to be able to hear like that. I heard that interview that really inspired me. Yeah. And every time I feel like you're disappointed in me, I listen to those interviews because I know that you were human, too. Mm-hmm. And you're not disappointed and I'm doing my best. Yep. That's what I want them to hear. Yeah, you know because that i think that that is important for me because i wish that we had that guideline yeah because we i think so so much has lost within the stigma of the american dream and that white picket fence of of just like if you have an apartment that you're able to pay and you have food in your refrigerator and you're able to take care and you're truly happy with whatever it is that you have you are succeeding enough is enough with like wanting more Mm -hmm. of that stigma because what happens when you try to achieve i hear stories all the time of first generation americans that have it all and that have internally or feel empty yeah and and you constantly talk about that swinging pendulum i hear about you know first generation americans that are building a foundation in a life that are bringing their money back into their motherland yeah and by the time they're like 60 70 they never had enough time to be able to enjoy the fruits of their labor so we don't talk about this right yeah. we don't talk about like building a foundation i have a friend that's a first generation American that has property everywhere he's just he's just doing phenomenal for himself but he doesn't spend time with his kids
1: yeah because he's got to keep up because he has to keep up yeah. between
2: property management and real estate and being a landlord and going here and going there and helping his brothers in situations like to help them manage the mm. the business he doesn't have time for his kids so i don't want like i'm learning as again as much as i'm a teacher quote unquote right, right. i'm always a student first you know as much as i talk about my my trials and tribulations, I'm also emphasizing a lot of other things that I've learned throughout the way that as a first gen father, I'm looking at parents now. And like, I'm looking at my friends from other communities that are saying, this is the way I'm raising my kid. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the, because I don't want that trauma. Your kids are who they're surrounded with. I'm I've, I'm I'm a big av- I'm a big advocate and believer that you are who you're surrounded with. If you are not a creative, you're not a painter. You spend time at nonprofits like Kimball Jenkins.
0: Yes, right.
2: Yeah. You spend time at nonprofits like Positive Street Art in Nashua Right. In all these great organizations, you will be inspired to pick up a paintbrush, mm-hmm. and you can be the greatest painter or artist or whatever you may yeah, have. Yeah, I
1: think yeah. a lot of people think that they're. A label is defined by the end product of right. whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I painted no. a Rembrandt. No. I did this, <laughs> you know, and it's no. more just about the act of doing right. and maybe giving to the Mm, world and fulfilling something within yourself not oh i painted something and it looks good or bad Mm. or whatever right
2: sometimes as creators we could be our own worst critics yes you know (laughs) like are we putting this out there who's really listening to it are we making a difference Mm -hmm. right these are conversations (laughs) that we don't really talk about right we're consistently in that rick roll of just create 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 something will catch up right but um i'll never forget one day when i was feeling a little like i was feeling a little defeated because i was just like all right (sighs) How many first shuns can there be in the grand estate, right? And are we going to cap out? You know, are we going to start to reach out? And by the time we're capping out in the grand estate, have we made it enough? big enough impact. Right. And I'll never forget the time that a young lady reached out through social media and she said, please don't call me because I'm, I'm going off for what my memory. And she said, you know, before listening to your show, I wanted to do a lot of amazing things, but I didn't know how to start. But to see an individual from my community that looks like me, that is going through the same struggles it makes me feel invincible to be able to do anything and take a risk You know, and like hearing the impact stories from like guests that we've had about financial literacy or real estate or fixing your credit, which is important, right? For the longest time, we put this barrier up that says we have it all figured out because we don't want to look like we don't know what we don't know. But I think we need to switch the script on that, and we need to be honest with ourselves to be able to be approachable with others. Because when you feel like you have it all together and you put this persona and this perception to the world, it just makes you seem like you're faking. the funk yeah right mm-hmm. when you don't have it together i want to just keep telling these stories in the most authentic way that i can and just be me like i have nothing more to give but to To be me And and relate And to inspire And re-inspire And rinse and repeat it That's first and multimedia That's what we do What we do is We market To the BIPOC community From other community members We I know somebody In here works For a New Hampshire housing That's me So so (laughs) We actually do projects With them To reach out To the Hispanic community And we do literature And we do advocacy In Spanish So because For the longest time We have organizations Right that are like We want to market To that community But they don't have internal individuals to be able to do it in the most authentic way, right? We just have individuals that might be from that community to be like, hey, we have this marketing package. Can you translate this for us? This is our strategy. And then they're not in the position to be like, that's not going to be effective because they feel afraid to be reprimanded or to have a conversation with HR. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had, had an incidents and in situations like that, but to be able to have allies like yourselves in the situation where like, we don't know what we don't know, but we love how you're approaching your community. I think you have the best formula because you have it in the most authentic way yeah. can you help us do this and then absolutely right just a little bit of like working with the chamber of commerce in mm-hmm. uh, in Nashua in greater Nashua and having 250 businesses having less than 3 to 2% of BIPOC community business owners yes highlighting that right like I'll never forget we did a project with women owned businesses in Nashua right mm-hmm. and we wanted to focus on restaurants because of the pandemic and social distancing how they're surviving I'll never forget the time we highlighted four women owned four generations women-owned business. It's Colombian. I invite you guys sometime, down sometime. (laughs) That'd be Um, awesome. It's called Casablanca and Canal Street. Uh, What they were doing is throughout the pandemic, they needed outside seating, but because they weren't on Main Street, they weren't able to get it. Mm -hmm. Right. So what we were trying to do is I they reached out to me and said, hey, Oscar, I know that you're connected within the community and maybe you can call City Hall. And I was like, I'm not connected within the community. I'm just like you. But maybe we can figure it out together. So we called City Hall. I invited the mayor to come down to have a, and the craziest thing and talking about bridging that gap is that we have a lot of Hispanic Latino business owners, restaurants that are thriving, but they've never had an, an official city official come into their business. Like I'll never forget the time with the coordinator for American downtown. He lived right around the corner from Casablanca. This business is two decades old, four women owned generation, great grandmother, grandmother, granddaughter and, and daughter, right? Wow. Four women-owned generation business, they come in, they're striving throughout the pandemic, the pandemic hits, they're struggling. Reach out, they just wanted outside seating, two tables, four seats. They reached out to City Hall, nobody would reach back out to them. We made a phone call, we held them accountable, and we said, instead of, you know, instead of going through this paperwork, why don't you just come down? Mm -hmm. Have a conversation with them. Yeah. Have a uh, highlight these stories. And when we and when we highlighted their stories, everybody started to pay attention. I never knew that that was a Colombian owned restaurant. I never knew that this was. So when we start highlighting these stories, Mm -hmm. right, a lot of people start opening their eyes and saying, wow, there's an approachability. And for a lot of individuals, they feel that having a Hispanic owned or Latin owned business, they can feel out of place. It can feel like unapproachable because one, we don't know the language and two, we don't know what to order. But I promise you, and I challenge every listener, if you're interested in trying something new, Google a Latin owned or Hispanic owned restaurant mm-hmm. within your town and go in, sit down and ask for the owner and say, hey, I heard about your restaurant through Google or through social media. They would love to, one, they would love to hear how you heard about their mm-hmm. business. And two, I promise you that they'll treat you like if they were in your own kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yep. that's what our community is like i promise you that we're always welcoming we're always inviting we don't care what color what religion we we don't see that we come together through food and to try to bridge that gap with a lot of individuals in today's climate of like you know accepting the food accepting the music but not accepting those individuals i think that the, there's a disconnect and there's yeah. an opportunity right? right so long story short we had the mayor come in never step foot in this restaurant never step foot in this restaurant mm. right we talked to the downtown coordinator never step foot <laughs> he lives two blocks away never step foot into the restaurant and what happens we change the whole trajectory now that they're doing downtown events they've included that business when the mayor sat down they got a call a week later about doing city zoning to be able to do outside seating it's all about bridging the gap right and if I have to be the one that makes that phone call to to connect point a to point b and have them mm-hmm. succeed I will do that and for me I don't see anything in return because I don't want anything return all I want the whole aspect is for my community to grow have you guys ever been to Lawrence Massachusetts yeah okay so you know Broadway not well Broadway is <laughs> Broadway is a street like let's say let's say Fifth Avenue in New York right okay. Fifth Avenue is mostly generated with high-end shops Broadway in Lawrence is generated with mostly Hispanic businesses right well Nashua is projected to be a Canal Street is projected to be one of the most condensed Hispanic business owned streets Streets. There's 15 businesses in Canal Street and growing within the census, which wow. is crazy. Like yeah. you so if anywhere from like the corner of Main Street all the way down to like Bridge Street and going towards Hudson, mm-hmm. you can find anywhere from like Honduran food to El Salvadorian food to Colombian food to Mexican food to Dominican food, you name it, barber shops, tire shops, shoutitsu art centers, and positive street arts, even in that street.
1: We want to make sure that we talk about all three of your radio shows. Right. So what are they and how how can people listen
2: okay so first gen american the swinging pendulum between you know the countries that our parents have left behind and the countries that we were born to and not fully accepted in talking about the trials and tribulation educating inspiring and kind of just moving forward propelling our, that community forward right i have a lot of friends that are not first gen american so they were like hey dude i love your show i want to be on the radio i have i have a lot of great things to say but i'm not a first gen so from that i came up with a show called asking for a friend obviously you would see it on social media like asking for a friend so yeah i'm that friend i'm gonna ask it for you the slogan is like things that you're too afraid to ask or too embarrassed to ask or might not even have the courage to ask we're we'll asking for you on asking for a friend you know so I love that, that that is <laughs> we invite entrepreneurs we invite people from all walks of life just individuals that are doing amazing things that just want to share you know how many times do you get like an entrepreneur that will come in and say this is how i started mm-hmm. and being like wow it's a spark and inspiration on in somebody right yeah Be able to do that and talk about addiction and a lot of things that you like. Like, how did you start um, with your business or how did you get addicted to this? And is there a way out? How do you feel? Because we have we all have a little bit of a struggle within a family member or a loved one that's battling through something. And again, talking about complete transparency, you know. Human rights, you know, human trafficking. A lot of uncomfortable questions, but at the end it's a sense of inspiration that there's a way out and they're doing amazing, right? And the last but not least is Latinos en Vivo, which is the first show in Spanish within New Hampshire. How this came about, I'm I'm gonna do this as fast as possible because I know it's time. <laughs> the, the 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 from the podcast with Juancho, show, I it was in November 2019. I put it away. I recorded it and I put it away. Then in July 2020, there was a racist rant that happened in front of the radio station, which I was uh, uh, uh WSMN. There was a woman named Diana Ploss who was out there. She was a radio host at the radio station of where I was. It was a, a right wing conservative radio station. There were some landscapers out front helping restaurants, social distance, plant some trees. And then all of a sudden she was upset that she couldn't park up front. And because of the barriers that were on Main Street, it was causing the traffic and she was almost late to her radio show. So she took out her phone. She took out her anger on these gentlemen and it's important to say their names because these gentlemen are human beings just like anybody else Emilio Eduardo and Cesar they were out there they're here legally they were uh, contracted by Morn's Landscaping they were here on a six-month visa they're here legally their foreman is Caucasian but he spoke Spanish to be able to communicate with them which that is awesome right Mm -hmm. so they were communicating with each other just doing their job she overheard them speaking Spanish she looked at them took out her phone and said what do you guys speak? What are you guys doing? You guys are helping these restaurants social distance. This is a fake virus, and you guys are you guys, yeah, yeah. And and then you guys and you you guys shouldn't be speaking Spanish. This is you guys should be speaking English. This is America. You need to be speaking English. Puts her phone away, goes upstairs, does her radio show. Then in the middle of her interview, after she like blatantly you know, just disregarded these human beings for not only speaking in the only language that they know could, but helping these restaurants stay open within the pandemic. Let me tell you something. The Hispanic and the Latin community were the essential workers, the landscapers, the people that were keeping this country open in the middle where nobody said, I'm not doing that and risking my life for $13 an hour. Absolutely not. She went upstairs, did a radio show, looked at her board engineer, which was Puerto Rican, and looked at him and said, hey, what do you think about people that speak Spanish in America? Don't you think they need to speak English? He waved her off, said, I'm here to do my job as a board engineer. I'm I'm just gonna mind my business. That would happen on a Friday morning. By Friday afternoon, around two o'clock, I was getting a text message. It was from Manny from Positive Street. Mm-hmm. Text me. He's like, "Yo, bro, you see what what's going on right now?" It's like, I don't know. What What is this? And I'm thinking this is somewhere out in Midwest or not here in the Granite State, right? Right. Right. So I'm looking at him and I'm like, yo, where is this? This is like, this is down the street on Main Street. Absolutely not. And I'm just, I'm in awe. So I'm like, I'm looking at this video that is went viral, went viral. I'm looking at this video and I'm saying to myself, nah. No way. So then I went, I went down and I said, "Manny, meet me down on Main Street. Let's go talk to these guys. I apologize to these gentlemen, Emilio, Eduardo, and Cesar. I apologize to them. And I said, there's individuals that look like us that are doing amazing things in these times. And you should never be ashamed of speaking your own native language. Yeah. Mm. We bought them something to eat. We sat down with them. We took a picture and then we combated that neg- negative uh, video with a positive post. And I said the same thing. There's individuals that are keeping this country open, helping restaurants social distance and helping families sustain in the most difficult times that we're in ever. Right. I asked them, what was the radio station that she was going to? I didn't even know that Nastra had a radio station. He's like, yeah, the radio station is right across the street. It's like, all right, let's go. We sat down with the radio station owners and they said, well, there's nothing we can do because this didn't happen. Within our walls. This uh-huh. happened outside. So legally, there's nothing that we can do. So I said, All right. I was livid, but I kept my <laughs> composure because I was like, Okay. You basically kind of just see it later, but the, one of the owners is a lawyer, so he said, "Well, maybe if you see, bring me a couple of signatures, maybe we can see what we can do." And this is at the time where Black Lives Matter was hitting hard in yeah. the grand estate. Shout out to Jordan Thompson. So from that moment, I go into my and I'm like, "How am I gonna get what's what's worth? as wow, like what two thousand signatures?" So I went online and when we did that post. People were reaching out to me, and I and I reached out to a friend named Julia. And I said, I need, I've need. i never done a petition before, but how do we get petitions? They're like, yeah, I mean, how, we can't go door to door in the middle of a pandemic. Right. You know, nobody's right. going to open the door, right? right? People are not even going to the grocery store, let alone just opening up a stranger saying, grab this Jeremy pen, sign yeah. this, and uh, thank you very much, right? Yeah. So she's like no There's a way to do it digitally Come Monday morning Right After being able to do Digitally Put in a post We had 48,000 signatures We put it on a thumb drive We went back to the radio station We handed it to them And he said You know what Like here we go Like you need to remove her These are some signatures 48,000 signatures From people from all over The Granite State She needs to be gone And we were grabbing Our business cards And we were tossing it In a trash bin And we were like We're done with that So Manny was like Hey before you go Show them that podcast Man because Manny at this time, Manny was the only one that heard that podcast, mm. right? Okay. I put it in the yep. archives, but I had it on SoundCloud, but it was on private. Okay. I haven't launched it yet. So he heard the podcast and he was like, man, this is dope. I was like, and I'm thinking and that's a compliment from another first Shen because I'm like, oh, yeah, same story. I'm Dominican too. I come from, <laughs> you know, so when he heard it, he was like, okay, that's, that's dope, man. I think you got something. When you can captivate somebody... Mm-hmm you know 15 minutes and above you you got something right so he really thinks so he's like yeah send it to him man so i send it to the owner of the radio station he's like hey kid he's like he talks like this he's like hey kid <laughs> get back into my office immediately and i'm like okay so I go back into his office and he goes, You've never done radio before? I was like, I've never done podcasts before. He's <laughs> like I think you got the gift, kid. Oh my God. I think you got the gift if you it listen to it. like the nineties. Yeah. No, no I, I I swear, like if you like talk about like long hair looks like uh looks like somebody from my, like Metallica or something. I don't know. <laughs> He's like, hey, kid, you got a gift. He's like, you've never done radio before? I was like, no, I haven't. He was like, do it, man, do it. I was like, if I do this, I want her time slot and I want her listeners to be listening to fresh and American. So from there, he was like, oh, yeah, okay, we can make something happen. So I was like, all right. He was like, bring me $10,000. I was like, $10,000, here we go. Like, in the middle of a pandemic, yeah. I'm not working. And I was like, I go home and I look at my wife and I'm like, honey, they want me to do the radio, but $10,000 and I'm not going to pull that out of our savings on a time that's uncertain. And when am I going to get a job? This is before remote was a thing, right? Yeah. I was like, I, anything's possible. If you put your mind to it, you know, you can do anything. And I'm like, I know you're just saying that because you're my wife, but like <laughs> you're giving me that. But I appreciate that. She goes, all right, let me see. So then I grabbed the SoundCloud. I put it up, and then under it, I put a post, I put it up, and then under it, I put a GoFundMe. Mm -hmm. I said, if you guys believe in these stories and you guys want to combat this bigotry with education and love, that's how we do it. Now you can hear stories from our perspective right yeah so then all of a sudden a week and a half later we raised that ten thousand dollars oh man right and then from there i go to give them the check and there was a line of people that wanted to take our slot because in the radio and showbiz there's no such thing as bad publicity negative publicity or good publicity as any publicity is (laughs) right 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 exactly so then uh i was like before i give you this check i want you to know that this is not my personal money this is the people's money the same people that was calling this radio station trying to shut you down you can be using me as keyword token. You could be using me as a token to be able to say, "Hey, look, we promote the DNI, Diversity and Inclusion." Checking off that box. Look at the Spanish kid. Look at the show. Right. Look at these stories. So I'm like, before I give you this check, remember that the community that was undermined and disrespected was the Latin Hispanic community. Yeah, I can come in and do this in English, but how is my grandmother going to listen to this? Mm-hmm. Right? He goes back in his chair. He's like, "Oh, that's a good question, kid." I've, I've always wanted somebody to speak spanish you speak el espanol i was like yes absolutely claro que si sí, i speak spanish He's like great kid you know what i like you and the fact that you were able to raise that money in, in a week and a half was phenomenal i don't know how you did it kid but you got something special i was like yeah You're just waiting to cash that check that check's certified relax so then he goes i'm gonna give you i'm gonna match that radio show that you gave me and i'm gonna give you another one for free but you gotta do it in spanish so i was like all right here we go so i went from never doing radio Having two shows. So having two shows in English and in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never done radio before. So if you listen to the first podcast, which is, all the radio shows are converted into podcasts mm. to kind of get rid of that. No, 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 no. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Every time I, I open a show, I go, uh, hey, guys, this is Oscar from Fresh and welcome, welcome, welcome that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is like nobody has ever known this. and <laughs> no um Peter that welcome, from- welcome 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 is out of nerves
1: oh my gosh
2: welcome 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 to first-gen oh. american oh like, my god you know like i feel like i'm a fair somewhere welcome <laughs> come on come on welcome welcome welcome, <laughs> welcome right that was out of nerves so uh from there
0: so racist lady who is mad at people for speaking spanish is off
2: the air off and the now
0: air. a fully spanish radio show is on the air right
2: <laughs> and 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 now first oh gen God. like the latino first gen this american delicious first gen american <laughs> latino like now does it in english and in spanish oh, and yeah. change the trajectory uh for that radio station forever like and just now it's just now we're combating advocacy um now we're gonna uh, soon launch a non-profit for the individuals that don't have human right like services like this is so much more like Mm-hmm. So to yeah. Latinos en Vivo is, a, is like, 1st Generation American is a thing, but Latinos in Vivo is another whole wavelength. Yeah. Like, from that show, we've gone to uh, Washington, D.C., met with senators, met with Congress, talked about a pathway to citizenship, talked about rights for a driver's license, human rights advocacy, talking about all state representatives from um, all, all over the Granite State. Like, there's a big movement that happened after that. From 1st Generation American Latinos in Vivo, six months later, after doing consistent shows with 1st Generation. American, Americans a lot of individuals like wow that was a great interview thank you so much hey Oscar I actually have an idea to do something like do you think you can kind of guide me and help me through that I was like yeah absolutely we didn't even have an office then we were like meeting in the green room and in, in the radio station so when we were meeting in the green room the owners were like what are you up to kid what is this if they're not buying a radio slot you need to find your own office space and I was like you know what I do yeah because my community is asking for it so that's when Fresh and Multimedia was born at the beginning we were helping develop businesses from fresh and Americans that needed, you know, needed CPAs. How, what's a good CPA to go to? How do I know? Because I use them mm-hmm. and I hold them accountable. Because if now I'm, you know, there's a lot of great nonprofits that are, you know, that have these individuals, but being a Latino, being a for-profit business, I think that it's twice as hard to get through the door because it's like not to knock down nonprofits. Nonprofits do their like I said, we're starting a nonprofit with Latinos in Vivo. But it's twice as hard because like, hey, if how how reach how far can you reach down your best back. I can scratch it for you. Can you scratch my back? Type of an exchange, right? But at the same time, they were looking at at an opportunity to be able to educate. And I said, everybody's going to get paid. Like, we can do this. We can coexist. We can still propel forward. This is not a competition. This Mm -hmm. is a movement. This is not a race. This is a marathon. So we've helped establish about five to six businesses from the ground up. From idea to execution and in return, we ask for nothing. We don't hold them. We let them go. It's like raising a baby. Watching them walk and a soon as they start running they're out the door and we thank you see you later yeah but that beautiful relationship is that they'll always come back for advice but when they're doing better than you you can always be approachable because now again like i said being the student and this constant involvement of life and and this trajectory and all these lessons gosh it's a beautiful thing
1: right it's so inspiring (laughs) thank you so much that hearing that story is i mean listeners can't see but sarah and i were making all these crazy faces Mm -hmm. like what a whirlwind yeah that's amazing (laughs) Thank you. Ugh. We could do this all day. I know. But we it's do. time for rapid fire.
2: Let's do it.
0: So these are quick questions, quick answers. Mm. As best you can. As Electric you can. blue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's coming. It's no, no, coming. No, no.
0: What is your favorite radio show or podcast to listen to?
2: I mean, I was listening, you guys are one of my favorites now because I love I love that it's com- I love I love better I love better community based podcasts because I feel that those those individuals are right in my backyard. Yeah. And yeah. individuals yep. that I have to go through emails and all that. But what is my favorite podcast? My favorite podcast right now is Inspirational Living and uh, ADHD Rewired.
1: Ooh, interesting. What is your favorite restaurant in Nashua?
2: Ooh, I like Rivera Nayarit. Rivera Nayarit. So you have a lot of Mexican food, right? But this restaurant, it's authentic Mexican, right? It's a woman-owned business. And I feel like women that are doing amazing things within our community deserve their roses, right? The reason I like this restaurant is because it's not your typical Mexican. Mexican restaurant. It's Mexican seafood. Neat. It's it's good.
0: What's your favorite color?
2: Electric blue.
1: <laughs> I was going to say like purple. <laughs> <laughs> Electric blue. What is your favorite sound? Rain. What's your favorite texture to touch?
2: Egyptian silk.
1: Ah. Mm. Where is the most inspiring location
0: you've traveled to?
2: I was in uh, Ecuador. I was deep in the jungles of Quito. And we were in a like in a retreat with the Inca Indians in the Amazon and we were doing a cleanse. We were doing a cleanse with ayahuasca. And from that, I think that I've never been at more peace. When you hear the rainfall from the waterfall and then you're at peace with the water stream and you can hear the little bubbles. That's my favorite sound. That's my favorite peaceful. memory.
1: you've transported us. That sounds lovely. (laughs) What's the last new thing you've learned?
2: What's the last new thing that I've learned? As a parent, you can never be ready. And if you overthink, you still won't be ready. So don't overthink. And if you're overthinking, if you're going to be a great parent, you're already in the right path.
0: You probably feel that. Yeah. 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 It was something that my therapist said when I was still pregnant. She's like, the fact that you're asking if you're going to be a good parent yeah. means you're going yeah. to be a good parent. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Last question. If you could go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self?
2: Don't be so hard on yourself. You're going to figure it out. That's going to make me cry.
1: Oh, Oh. (sighs) Yeah. What you've done, what you've shared with us, it's truly amazing and inspiring. And I have no doubt there are thousands of people in the Granite State and probably beyond that have Mm -hmm. been moved by what you've made.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's probably because i'm a dad now i'm a little emotional you know? <laughs> what
1: is the sweetest thing you're gonna make me cry that yeah, <laughs> does do it Shaker. thank you
2: thank you so much for this opportunity it really means a lot yeah
1: it was thank really you,
0: really amazing
2: thank you i love what you guys are doing and i'm humbled by this experience and i would also like to make a donation so oh my gosh yeah. thank,
1: thank you. you so
2: yeah we're fresh on multimedia make a donation i i'm a big believer in like Inspire, re-inspire, and keep creators in the in the trajectory and keep it going. So I'd love to see you guys keep it going. And oh, my
1: god! Thank you very much. <laughs> <Don't deal>. We're <laughs> very small, but that makes a big difference. But and we appreciate it. Yeah. But, yes. but mighty. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Exactly. Thank um, so thank you again so much for uh-huh. being on the show. And with that... Enseñanos tu, tu creatividad. Creative. An enormous thank you to Oscar Velasquez for joining us on Creative Guts. Oscar is a real-life superhero, though he is probably going to shake his head at hearing that because he's also very humble. His ability to transform a negative that happened in his community into a positive that supported his community is exemplary. It took guts and gumption. He is a creative thinker, a natural-born storyteller, and is also a very, very, very nice person. I feel very lucky to have met him, and I can't wait to see all the things he does next to keep making New Hampshire... An amazing place.
0: This was one of those episodes that we really, really, really wanted to keep talking. But Mm. if we accidentally recorded for hours, we would have regretted it when we went to edit the episode into something, you know, consumable for you all. Such an incredible origin story, such an absurd origin story. And there was so much that Oscar said that I wanted to hear more about. Early on in our conversation, we talked about organizations and bureaucracies wanting to connect with BIPOC communities, but not knowing how to do so authentically. We're not doing so authentically, but Oscar's putting himself out there and acting as a bridge and it's incredible what he's doing to help lift up the first-gen American business owners in Nashua. And like truly this was an amazing interview and I know we gush about all of our guests, but like this was a really amazing one. You can check out first-gen multimedia at fgmshows.com and on Facebook at first-gen American and Instagram at first.gen.american. You can also find asking for a friend on Facebook. Facebook, just search asking for a friend with Oscar Velassis.
1: As always, you can find those links and more in the episode description and on our website, creativegutspodcast.com. Come hang out with us on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn, where our handle is at creative guts Podcast. If you want
0: to support the show, consider making a donation at Creative Guts. Our budget is tiny, really, really, really small. So donations of any size make a big difference. We're a small nonprofit, but as Oscar described us, but a mighty one. Our work is far bigger than this podcast. Learn more about us and make a tax-deductible donation at creativegutspodcast.com.
1: Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of Creative Guts. Would it be okay if you taught us how to say it in Spanish and we said it in Spanish?
2: What, like, uh, <laughs> Show
1: us your creative guts.
2: Enseñanos tu creatividad. show us your... Would that uh, be
1: okay to do? Yeah, Is yeah. That, yeah. absolutely. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, I'm nervous. I...
0: On your website, it doesn't look like you... S- Oh, my God. oh um, we do bloopers yeah. too at the end,
2: so you're all good. I earned that. I earned that. <laughs> Perfect. I earned that. So good. Keep that. Oh We're off to a great start.
0: Oscar did a um an accent at the very beginning at, that reminded me of Fritz Weatherby. <laughs> <laughs>
1: cool. I don't remember that but I
0: wish I thought of that I'm gonna like copy and paste
1: the clip to the end so people can hear it again when I was younger we're here to make no bloopers at all <laughs> you know <clears throat> as one does bloop <laughs>
2: bloop <laughs>
0: Oh, no. That's all right. We got plenty of um, bloopers of us trying to speak Spanish.